Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Marriott's on the move. What? Marriott's on the move. Again? Marriott's on the, Marriott's on the, Marriott's on the move. If you are dreaming about moving to a new city to pursue the life of your dreams, this podcast is for you. Moving 18 times in 22 years to five of the top cities in America, I know it's not easy to make those decisions alone. So I help individuals develop the dream, the plan, and the move, even if we need to get scrappy to get you there. I'll be doing interviews, career and city spotlights, and sharing my crazy moving stories, tips, tricks, and scams to avoid. My Fred Framework will help you see just how attainable your dreams are. Now let's get moving. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am super excited to talk to today's guest. Laura Sinclair is out of Aiken, South Carolina. And if you're looking for her on Instagram, she is Laura Makes Moves and she has amazing content. And her and I have become friends. We originally met in the Gold Digger podcast, Mm -hmm. like space on Facebook. Yep. And I had put the technology issues that I was experiencing in in a post. And she responded and said, I'm so excited. Somebody else loves relocating the same as I do. And then we've become friends and I'm going to come and visit Aiken, which I'm super excited about. We're going to do a city spotlight live. That'll be like our first time ever. Yes. But Laura, tell us a little bit about yourself. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's awesome being here. I'm originally from Canada, born and raised, lived there my whole childhood. Uh, moved to Virginia to go to school, which is where I met my husband. And then he got a job here in Aiken, South Carolina. And we moved here. So since turning 18, I've moved internationally to the U.S. First temporarily for school on a student visa and then more permanently on a fiance visa. And then now as a permanent resident here, or as they like to call me resident alien in the eyes of immigration, <laughs> which is oh, wow. such a, an endearing <laughs> term from the U.S. It government for us. But very welcoming. So that's how I got here. My husband's a pastor at a church and he's an associate pastor. We mainly work with the youth and children. I mean, that's a huge part of our life. We have a lot of fun doing that. And we have two little girls ourselves. Alice is four and a half and Jane is two and they keep us super busy. <laughs> no, I love that. Yeah. Does everybody, when you say you're from Canada, I, like the first thing that I think of is Canada. Eh? And I, I don't <laughs> know much. why I, that's so <laughs> dumb, but Oh my gosh. It's like so stereotypical. So I apologize on behalf of all Americans. No, it's fun. Now they used to be like, oh yeah, I can hear that in your voice. I definitely hear your accent. And now they're like, you're from Canada. You sound so Southern. Southern. I know. I know. I've converted, I guess. The Aiken is coming out and you're embracing it and loving it. Yep. Yep. I didn't notice it happening, but now when I go home, everyone's like, what the heck happened? (laughs) You're like, give the Canada back. Give the Canada I know. back. I do get it back a smidge when I go home, but it fades pretty quick when I get back here. I bet. I bet. <laughs> well, so you're a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. And what I love about what you're doing, you're doing a couple different things. So you share the love for relocating people just as I do. Yeah. And I think we're both kind of over doing it ourselves, but there are some hot topics that you've posted about lately that I just was like, oh my gosh, we have to talk about this. So in full transparency to everybody listening, you and I taped about a month ago, mm-hmm. 
and we had a great conversation. It was kind of getting to know each other. But since then, we have had so many conversations and like the things that you're posting about in articulating, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. And the things that I'm posting about, you're like, yes, that's the thing. <laughs> so it kind of works to collaborate in a way, but you're a real estate agent for Keller Williams, first of all, yep. in Aiken. And you really do a ton of stuff for people relocating to your town, but you're also doing something super cool. You're kind of like that real estate agent matchmaker, which yeah. I think is even cooler because a lot of people don't realize that they can reach out to a real estate agent in the town that they're hoping to move to, Yeah, get ideas and talk mm -hmm. about the town and interview them to find out if they're a good match. And you kind of take that out of the process for them. So right. talk a little bit about that, what that, what that whole thing is about. Cause I, right. It. Yeah. Well, I don't think a lot of people even really realize like how much due diligence you should do when you're hiring an agent. I and mean, especially a buyer's agent when you're moving to a new town, because they're going to do more than handle your transaction, which in and of itself is a beast. Right. But they're going to do a lot of handholding emotionally. They're going to answer your questions about the culture, about the community, about the industry, about the market. And there's just a million and one things that kind of run through your head, as you know, being a chronic oh mover, like yes. I do. It is chronic. <laughs> when you're going somewhere you've never been before, and especially somewhere you're not very familiar with, you just have all these questions. So really, I mean, you want to work with someone who A, is available and helpful and caring, um, isn't just in it to open a door and write a contract. And then B, you want to work with someone who's done this before for people who have relocated because there's just more hoops that you have to jump through. So it's really important to do that due diligence and do interviews. Most people don't think about that. There's so many things to think about with a move, but moving companies, moving trucks, movers, rentals. And then finding the house that you kind of get to town and you hit the buttons on the Google machine and you pick whoever <laughs> comes up first. And sometimes that works out and that's great when it does. But a lot of times it doesn't, unfortunately. And it can be hard to get out of that situation once you're in it, whether legally or just it's awkward. <laughs> so yeah. the best thing to do is to start looking for your agent, specifically your relocation agent, before you even are putting boots on the ground in the town. So that way they can help you get to know the town. They might tell you something that changes your mind. You know, if your move is optional and it's not something you have to do and you're just kind of looking for your dream location, they might inform you of things that make you change your mind. And really you need to be talking to that person long before you're ready to move. So what I do is I help interview agents all over the country, specifically for people who are relocating to help them find an agent who's going to specialize in relocation, be the best that they can be for their client and then get them connected. Um, so that way you have someone who's in the industry who knows what it really takes to be a good relocation agent, helping find that person for you. Totally. Well, what kind of questions, if you are interviewing somebody, mm -hmm. what kind of questions do you feel are important for somebody that's either never bought a house or never moved out of state? Yeah, there's a lot that goes to it. Some of it I like to kind of observe without actually asking. I like to look through their presence online and see you know, how they're educating people online and answering questions for clients before they even reach out. So I'll do a lot of observing first to kind of narrow down the agents who I think are really killing it. And then when I'm speaking with agents, I really think it's important to ask about the resources they already have in place. So do they have any kind of moving guide, relocation guide, something that they can send to you kind of on the first contact to give you a general overview of where you're going and the kind of extra services they offer. And then, then going along with that, I ask them if they'll do some kind of relocation consultation in person if you happen to be visiting town, which is great, or over the phone or video call if you're doing this all sight unseen from out of state or out of country in some cases. <laughs> so those are the two big things you want to know. And they might say, oh, no, I don't, I don't really have that, but we can still chat. And that might be a bit of a red flag. 
not that they're not a good agent, but just that they're not already prepared to help someone with as many tasks as you're about to have coming up. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of handholding, I imagine, because it really is. you don't know what you don't know, especially about that town, right? So there's a ton of towns surrounding each town and every single town is going to have their own real estate agent, True. their own pros and cons, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. I mean, it's, it is moving is such an investment, both time mm-hmm. and money. And that's before you even buy the house. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's so true. <laughs> oh, I know. We all look at that like big 20% number to put down, which luckily first-time buyers typically, I mean, I, I've heard anything from 5% with some of the programs that they have out there to the 20% or more, which is amazing if you can. But the money and the investment that you have to make into the moving trucks, the mm-hmm. boxes, I mean, there are ways to do it on the cheap, but at the same time, like it all adds up cost, eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know I tell people if you have like a checklist of things that you're putting together of, of what you need for a move, and that could be anything from like the buying of the boxes and all that stuff, like add 30% because right. it's, oh, you're always going to underestimate. Yep what it costs always. Yep. And there's always surprise expenses too, like that speeding ticket you get yeah. <laughs> going down the interstate or that extra stop overnight. Cause you just can't make it in one day. Yeah. <laughs> there's always something. So many things to think of. And luckily you have a moving checklist. I love that mm-hmm. on your Instagram. So that's definitely something that people can download. Yeah. But one of the things that we, that I just jumped all over, well, there were two things that I was super excited about from your Instagram, the posts that you had made. One is relocation fatigue. And the minute you posted that I about jumped out of my chair and I was like, yes, that's real. It's a Mm -hmm. thing, but I had never articulated it. But let's talk a little bit about what, what you posted about, because it really is like heartbreaking to watch somebody go through it because you know exactly what's happening. You just, it's like a train wreck. You can't stop watching, but you don't know how to help. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's true about yourself too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you bring awareness to it. I mean, you even mentioned that you, you guys have been living in the same house for five years, right? Mm-hmm. And as a pastor's wife, pastors move a lot, right? Yes. The ministry yes. moves you. That's, that mm-hmm. could be its own Instagram ministry moves, I right? Know. I've been thinking about uh, it. <laughs> you, should, you should. That's a whole nother network. But what do you consider relocation fatigue to be? Yeah. So this is something that I just coined the term just two weeks ago now because I'd been thinking so much about it and I really wanted to talk about it, but I didn't know what to call it. <laughs> um, and I thought surely someone else is out there talking about it, but I couldn't find anything. So if any of your listeners have heard of this or talked about it in another term before, I would love to hear. But a few years ago, Trevor and I started to think, okay, surely, you know, in the next maybe one to three years, the time's going to come to go. He's an associate pastor and he feels called to be a senior pastor somewhere. So we just knew it was coming. We don't quite ever know when, which I guess is true of a lot of people who have constant moves for the military and stuff like that. But it was just kind of in our heads and slowly but surely over those months and eventually years, it just became this constant state of being kind of detached from the world we were in. And very slowly it happens. You just, you stop reaching out to people as much when somebody kind of rubs you the wrong way rather than being like, oh, maybe we should dig into this and get past it. You're like, oh, I'm moving soon. Like forget that conversation, (laughs) forget that relationship. Right. And you're just making these decisions every day where you care less about the things that you have where you are now because you're in this almost like coping mechanism. Like, well, I'll be gone soon. So it doesn't matter. So I didn't realize I was doing it really for probably about a year and a half. And then we were coming up on New Year's 2023 and I just was tired. I really, what I wanted was I wanted to move. I thought that was the solution. And then when it wasn't coming as quickly as I thought it was, I wanted to not 
be acting and thinking and behaving like I was the last few years. I wanted my relationships back. I wanted to care about the life I was building here and not just be yearning for somewhere else. So I decided that in years that if the Lord plucks us up in six months, great. And if he were here another five years, I'm going to do with my time here that I'm supposed to. So I, I still catch myself making decisions in relocation fatigue, Yeah, <laughs> but I have to really remind myself that that's just not sustainable and it's not a good use of my time. Many parents out there, this is the one that really convicts me. I was like, I'll never have Alice at age three again. And I don't remember a lot of it. I really don't. And it's probably because also partly Jane was born and she was really just an awful baby. (laughs) A different type of fatigue, right? You were just Yeah, new mom fatigue was mixed in that year too. But it was, you know, it was both those things together and just feeling like my time in Aiken was coming to a close. I just kind of mentally checked out and I realized that Alice age three, I don't really remember. There's not a whole bunch of strong memories and I don't want that to be true for age four and five and six. So however long we have left here is completely not in my control. And I'm just ready to stop making those decisions in that way. Like we're about to leave. So that's when, that's when I started to really think about it. And then I thought, surely there's other people out there who do this same thing and we should probably talk about it. Well, it's that like living is an action verb, right? And if you're not Mm -hmm. living, then they say you're dying, which is a total cliche. But I mean, there is this, I feel like an epidemic of quietly quitting Mm. places that you're in when you decide that you're done instead of strategically looking at this as an opportunity to get prepared for the next phase of your life or the next chapter, even if that's in where you're in. I mean, we talked, we talk about doing a city POC, right? And going and spending a week or two at the place that you want to move to, to see if it's still your dream, right? Yes. Get to a point where you're like, I had this built up in my head. I mean, I did the, I did it with San Diego. I hate to say Mm -hmm. it, but like in my like childhood, I always, I saw commercials for California. (laughs) I wanted to move there so bad. I visited once for like a weekend and I was like, that's it. I'm moving here. I'm going to live in San Diego the rest of my days. And it's going to be glorious. And I got there and I was like, (laughs) wow, people don't work here and I'm kind of a hustler. And this is, it's a lot quieter Mm. than I thought. It was a lot like lower key than I thought. And I think it's more hustling and a more hustle kind of a city now. But in my head, if I would have spent a couple of weeks there and we didn't have, I mean, not that I'm dating myself here, but we didn't have Airbnb. I mean, like a hotel for two weeks in San Diego was still as expensive as it is today. Yeah. But I mean, there are more opportunities to do things like that now. And and I I look at relocation fatigue as kind of quietly quitting as mm-hmm. you're, like you said, you're making those decisions instead of like really leaning into some of the things that you need to do. You're almost like taking one step back and saying like, I'm not going to paint that wall because I don't need to. I might yep. not be here in two years. <laughs> like exactly. I had somebody come to my door the other day and mind you, my house is We built it or I built it last year. I moved in in January. So I've only been here about a year and three months. But someone came to my door about a water filtration system Mm -hmm. and how I probably should be looking into that. And in my head, I was like, well, one, my house is new. So the pipes are new. So no, I don't need that. Right. And when you build a house, like there are a lot of people that go door to door to sell everything from, uh, I uh, (laughs) I had somebody come to my door selling storm doors and I have a storm door. And and he was like, well, maybe your backyard. And I'm like, no, I have sliders, but (laughs) I appreciate you stopping by. Like, I didn't know what to say, but the water filtration and solar panels, and you get a lot of the door-to-door salesmen, which was very new to me, but also just like 
I'm not going to be here in a couple of years, so I might not invest in something like that. But mm-hmm. how do you feel about like what they can do? Like what, how mm-hmm. do we solve this problem? Because I, I know that there's this, I'm hearing a lot about the psychology of language. I don't know if you're familiar mm-hmm. with that term, but a lot of people coming out of the pandemic are they're surviving. They're not thriving. Mm. And we thought like, oh, the pandemic was going to be over by 2022. And here we are in 2023 and there's resurgence and just people are tired. Right. So they're just kind of living day to day without that move to look forward to, so to speak. Right. So, I mean, what kind of things can we do to kind of overcome that? Yeah, that's, it's hard. And I'm still kind of navigating that myself. For me, the biggest difference and again, this is still fresh from the new year for me, was just the decision. And it doesn't make the thoughts go away or really the habits, because at this point, two years of doing it, it's a habit. (laughs) It doesn't make those habits go away. You have to consistently work at it. But if you can catch yourself in that mindset in the first place, you've almost won the battle. And that's really why I wanted to talk about it, because I knew a lot of people were probably like me acting this way and not even noticing, maybe thinking, why am I so lonely, but not really knowing why. And for me, that was the case. I just didn't know why until it hit me. So I think catching yourself in that thought process and in making those decisions that don't actually really benefit you and the lifestyle you want to live, they're more just survival decisions, like you were saying. That's the most important part is just seeing it. And once you see it, have your big why, your reason for like why, why you're living, why you're here on your earth. That's, and like I told you with my example of Alice at age three, that's the big one for me. I could have gone on in that kind of trance for another year or two, maybe three, maybe five. What do I know? Right. (laughs) Until we actually move. And it would have been okay. Like I would have been all right, but I would have lost out years, years of my life, years of my children's lives, years of my career doing something less important than it could have been. So that's what you got to come back to. It's going to be different for everybody. What's the reason that you're alive and that you're here and that you want to have a full life. And that coupled with Noticing it is usually enough to kind of refocus yourself, I find for me at least. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things that I talk about in the Fred framework is robustness and Mm. the mental and physical strength that you need to have to move. And one of the pivotal things that you said was that moving to avoid problems, right? So I have a friend that moved, she was an alcoholic at the time and she found herself. She would get to a new city and all of the new things to explore and all the Mm -hmm. new people to meet and all of those things. And then she would fall back into her old habits. And once people kind of realize that she sometimes isn't fun when she's really drunk, Mm -hmm. she would get to that point where she was like, okay, like, I don't want to deal with this. I'm just going to move to a new city with new, exciting things and all that. And mentally that's a thing. I mean, like, I mean, I've moved because I wasn't happy in a place. It's different than the dissatisfaction of dealing with an actual like ailment or mental issue or something that you really are avoiding, but you know you need to do. Right. Yes. Yeah. You definitely need to be, and I'm glad that you coach people through this because it's so important. You need to be very honest with yourself about your motivations. And that's really hard when you're stuck in a bad headspace. But it's very important to, if you have the option to move rather than being relocated like for work or whatever being very honest with yourself about what's the reasoning behind it. And is it for your best? And do we ever really know that till afterwards? No, we don't know it for sure. But are you making decisions out of fear and out of putting off something very important, like you were saying, or is it because you really understand that it's time to go? 
100%. Yeah. Yeah. What I find is that when you go through a move and you're not, and you're avoiding something or you're not actually in the right headspace to enjoy it fully and embrace like the things that you need to, to really kind of deal with six months later, it's going to rear its ugly head because Mm. at that point you have explored everything from like hiking trails to the grocery stores that you want to be going to on a daily basis. And that routine becomes a little mundane. And what happens is that sneaks back in. Mm -hmm. And then you go through this like six month funk where you're just, you're a little depressed. All of a sudden you become very nostalgic about the place that you just moved from, Mm. even though when you were there, you could not (laughs) wait to get away from it. So true. So true. So it's, it's one of those things where like getting into that position where you're working with a therapist or a life coach or the things that you can do to be in the right place, at least if you're aware of them, then when it rears its ugly head, you can say, okay, I know what's happening. Mm-hmm. I know I didn't deal with this before, but now I'm ready to to jump on in. Right. Yep. Yep. I only look on Zillow all over the country on the bad days. <laughs> Come on from work exhausted. That's the only day I pull up the Zillow app. So <laughs> yeah, well, I, I still have it on my phone and yeah. I, I moved. <laughs> I mean, I know where I'm living in the next couple of years. So it's, it is one of those things, but let's take a break and get a word from our sponsor. I have some exciting news for you. Did you know that my coaching doors are now open? Yes, friends. Once again, I'm doing one-on-one coaching and it's not just about moving. While that is my specialty, giving you a roadmap to use when deciding to move or strategically aligning your goals to your dreams and moving you through the potential obstacles per se. But technically, I'm a life coach that deals with the whole human experience. A life coach is a type of wellness professional who helps people make progress in their lives in order to attain greater fulfillment and joy. Doesn't that just sound lovely? You know that pattern of habits you have that are even more annoying to you than they are to your friends and family? I'll help you verbally process those so you can get off that merry-go-round that doesn't feel so merry. Feel like you're constantly sliding down a metal slide on a hot day in shorts? I'll give you the tools to make better decisions. Jump on my website, marriottsonthemove.com, get on my Monday mailer, and I'll start giving you some of my tips and tricks. If you're ready to book a strategy session, just click on the coaching tab and we'll start moving forward together. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back. Yeah, so one of the one of the reels that I sent Laura last, was it last week? I can't mm-hmm. remember. I feel like we exchanged a lot of messages back and forth, but was this dog that like the neighbors had moved and the dogs were best friends and you could tell the dog was like looking for his buddy. And I mean, we kind of do that with people. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people move away. I remember moving away from San Francisco and I kind of, I, it was a very quick move. I mean, I had a relocation through work and it was like, by the time I interviewed and moved, I think it was like a total of a month, a month and a half. And I felt like Yeah, I was like leaving a lot of people behind that I really loved and I really cared for. And I I knew we're going to be in my life forever. But sometimes you go through that after six months or if you feel like you're not moving to the right space and you you kind of miss it. So one of the things that I coach around is when you move to a new place, booking a trip to the old place, Mm -hmm. like five months in, right? So like Mm -hmm. if you can afford it, going like scheduling a weekend four or five months out, back to that old place to see your friends. Cause around that time, you're starting to miss them. You're starting yeah, to remember the idea. places. Thanks. But it's, it's like those places that you miss, but then it also kind of rejuvenates the like, Oh yes, I remember <laughs> why I moved. Good reminder. <laughs> yeah. 
So like when you moved here from Canada, what were some of the things that you missed? And what are some of the things that when you go back home, you're like, oh yeah, no, I'm good. (laughs) Man, I really, I still do. I miss the four seasons. That's something that I struggle with here is the climate. That's why most people move here. So I'm definitely the odd sheep out, but it's, it's never cold. I can't say never. We have a few, a few snappy days, but it's never going to get cold enough to really have a good snow. Yeah. Autumn goes by way too fast. We get maybe two or three weeks and then it's over because it starts in like November. It doesn't start in September, like most parts of the country. So I miss the climate. I miss the four seasons. I grew up snowboarding and skiing and tapping maple trees for syrup, (laughs) just total Canadian things. (laughs) And I miss that a lot. I really miss the culture too, which I know that other parts of the U.S. have, you know, more of more of a multicultural atmosphere than here in the deep South. But back home being just outside of Toronto, I miss having access to all the different ethnic foods, the people, the different cultures. So there's a lot of things that I miss about being in Canada, but that's more just true about being outside of a big city. <laughs> totally. So, well, I know you and your husband come up to Charlotte a fair amount because we do family yeah. here. Yeah, yeah we so. do. We technically go to Salisbury. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Yeah, not quite Charlotte, but we have, we've taken a few overnights in the city. So that's a good little getaway too. It's a fun place to live. We got a lot of different pockets of places. It's almost yeah. like little suburban areas with their own Ooh. flair. So I, I kind of love it. But yeah, yeah what I, I, I love that. Yeah, I moved from Chicago a couple of years ago or moved from Illinois, I should say. I did a, a short stint in central Illinois, but it was funny because when my dad was getting everything out of my garage or helping me get everything out of my garage, he's like, you got three shovels here. Do you need all of them? I'm like, no, I'm moving to North Carolina. Take them all. And then the first time we had snow here, I was like, wait, I don't even have a shovel. Like I don't even, (laughs) but we had no plows either. So it was like no plows were coming through the neighborhood. And I, I, all I had was a leaf blower. So I went went outside in my winter boots because I still had those. (laughs) I have a whole closet of like winter clothes that I never use, but I took my leaf blower and I just kind of blew off the driveway, made a snow angel in my front yard. And that was like the end of our winter. And I was like, oh man. But then I went back to Chicago over Thanksgiving this past year and I drove back and snow wasn't even in the, in the forecast and it snowed almost the entire week. And I was like, okay, I remember now how bad I hated the snow. I'm good for the next six months. And then I went back just recently last weekend for a baby shower and when I got there, coming from O'Hare out to the southwest suburbs where I grew up, I was sleeting a little. And I was like, oh, this is awful. <laughs> so Most people do try to move south to get away from that. And here I am yes. wanting to go back. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's good in small doses, right? You True. remember those places, but you're in a healthy place, right? Mentally and physically, like you're in a right. good place to embrace where you are and you can always travel out. Yep. That's one of those things. But, but yeah, I just felt like this was such an important topic because even coming out of the pandemic and just feeling like everybody's in this like weird position of like, we're not wearing masks anymore, but we're also not, we're not, not getting sick. We're not getting, we're still getting COVID sometimes. I Mm -hmm. I just had it like a month and a half ago. And I mean, who knows where I got it from, Mm -hmm. but I think that that like that feeling of languish topple compounded with relocation fatigue and just not really being able to articulate what it is. It's hard to get help. And it's mm-hmm. hard to lean into what you need to do to get over that hump. Absolutely. I mean, we should put our heads together and put a post on like what we can do. We get, like, I'd love anybody listening to this to like come up with some ideas. I think that this is something that people really aren't talking about. And I feel like For it's an sure. like, important conversation. Yeah. And if you need to talk it out with someone, give Marietta a call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
because she's here for you. I got, I've got all the coaching hours you want, but, (laughs) but yeah, I can't wait to come to Aiken. So tell us a little bit about Aiken. We'll just give a little preview because it's, it just seems like an adorable little town. It is. It is. It's very charming and quaint. We've been growing a lot in the last decade. It was considered more of a retirement town previously, but in the last 10 years, more younger families have moved to the area and it's starting to change a little bit, but I think for the better, because those who did live here before with young kids didn't really have much to do. <laughs> right, right. So it's, it's very charming. People call it the small Charleston because oh. it's definitely smaller, less of a city, but still has a lot of that history and charm. We have good restaurants. We have awesome boutique shopping downtown. And it's really an equestrian community. A lot of people come here to have their horse properties or to keep their horses here when they're escaping the New York winter. So we get a lot of transition um, as the months change. We're also only about 30 minutes from the Masters. So that's coming up next week. And that brings in a whole lot of people to our part of the the CSRA, which is the Central Savannah River area just outside of Augusta, Georgia. So it's very charming if you're looking for a small, quiet, southern escape town, this is a good place to come visit and have a little vacation um, or maybe explore for your move. I love that. Mm -hmm. I think one of the cool things that you do is you get to know your clients really, really well, obviously. like that. Yeah. I mean, you're specializing in relocation. I think you're even getting your certification if you don't have it already. I think you're working on that. You have to hold this membership for a year. So um, coming up on June is the year and then I can take the test. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. But so you do things for new people moving into your town, right? Mm -hmm. So I think one of the things that people could do is actually reach back out to, even if they're not moving, to find out who else has moved to the new town that they can introduce themselves to, you know? Absolutely. If you've moved in the, like I I just moved here two years ago and luckily I have a lot of family, but they work and I have some of my family lives about an hour away. So I don't get to see them all the time, but new people moving to Charlotte, like I love that. The one of the interviews that we're going to do is with Daily Dre. She is an influencer here in Charlotte, but she just moved cool. here from Austin. Wow. So, I mean, getting to know the new people, it doesn't just end when you buy the house. Like, oh yeah, relocation the real work's getting started. Yeah, relocation <laughs> agents know everybody, and you you the benefit of working with a good relocation specialist is that mm-hmm. you do know a lot of the things that are good and bad, and that you can help them find hairstylists, and you could. Like all the things from coffee shops to new people to get to know. So I I love that about what you're doing and how you cater to your Mm, your Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I mean, I really, I kind of just fell into the niche accidentally and looking back, it makes sense because I relocate myself. Right. And I'm just a, a transient person in the ministry that we're in. So I just happened to start getting a bunch of people who are moving to town. And I think it's because they knew that it was something I really was passionate about. And then I was like, oh, okay, this could be something that I really do all the time. And I've loved specifically working with relocation clients. It's fun with everybody, um, especially, you know, first time home buyers if they're local, but I love helping someone move to town because like you said, the work doesn't end on closing day. A lot right. of times people will find that you're kind of like besties with your agent for like <laughs> 30 to 45 days. You talk yep. every single day and then closing day comes and it just ends. And that's not problem. They have to continue working with the clients who need to get to closing day. But when you're a relocation specialist, you really work with those people after closing day, helping them get connected to the area, get plugged in in the community that they want to, whether they need to help find a church or they want to get their kids in a certain program or whatever it is. It's really fun to do that. And I have friends who I've 
really just gotten to know and helped move here first and then stayed connected after. A few of the kids in our youth group come to our youth group because their parents bought a house here with me. So it's just really fun to help get people integrated into our community even after closing day. I'm pretty obsessed with Savvy. I think I have almost every sports bra they make because, let's face it, they keep the girls high and tight just like their leggings. And I love them because I am always moving. And I don't mean relocating this time. I'm either working out, grabbing brunch, going on a date with Nick, going to work or a work event. And even if I'm just lounging around the house, I can wear Savvy for all of them. I have four of their dusters and all of their dresses. To prove how great they are, they released a hot pink trucker hat. And guess what it says? Moving forward together. It's like it was made for us. You can check it out on my faves page at marriottsonthemove.com. Don't forget to drop me your email address. I may be giving one of those trucker hats away in a month or two, and you'll only find out when through my Monday mailer. Now back to the show. Well, like you said, I mean, you become besties with them for 30 to 45 days. That's so important up front to interview the agents. Mm -hmm. Like if you're going to break up with an agent because you realize like you guys aren't jiving well, like what's the best way to do that? Like one, you, you should break up with them, not just ghost them. I feel like that's that's, (laughs) that's probably important, but what else? Like, how could you approach that? Yeah, I would say, I know it can feel super awkward, but don't feel bad about it, first of all, because this is a huge decision. You're making a, really a series of many huge decisions throughout this process. And you need someone, A, who's competent and can guide you in a way that's going to make your relocation or your move successful, but then B, also that you like. So if you really can't stand them, like they just rub <laughs> you the wrong way, or they say things that you think are kind of off, it's important that you don't just try to endure that relationship because you're going to talk a lot and they're going to represent your best interests in a huge financial decision. So you want to make sure you really are on the same page. So that's my encouragement first is to not feel bad about it. And then if you get to the point where you know it's time, just have an honest conversation. If you can, if it's not severe to the point where you just need to quit and run, but if you can (laughs) talk to them first to say, this is my concern. This is something that happened or that you said. And it just is making me wonder if, we're still compatible. And if they can address it to a point where you feel comfortable and satisfied, maybe it was just a miscommunication. Maybe they did drop the ball and they apologize sincerely and want to do better. That's obviously the best case scenario. But if it still comes to the point where you need to move on and you know it in your soul, (laughs) just be honest, tell them that it's not working, tell them why, so they can hopefully improve if they care enough to do so. Yeah. And then tell them that you want to terminate your relationship. If you have a contractual agreement, then there is paperwork involved. If you guys were just calling and texting and you haven't signed any papers, that's it. You just say, we're, we're done. Goodbye. <laughs> well, that's important to note though, because a lot yeah. of people don't, I mean, I guess I did that. I did sign paperwork, but I guess I kind of forgot. So like that's right. important because you do sometimes sign paperwork. Yes, it is important. And the funny thing about contracts is that they don't matter until somebody sues. So (laughs) nine times out of 10, (laughs) if you didn't do things legally, but the other person doesn't care or doesn't follow up, it it doesn't matter. Like your left open relationship just expired and nothing happened. But the correct way so that way no one gets in trouble is to make sure you terminate that contract. Because when you actually sign your next agency agreement with your new agent, you are going to sign a contract that says... I'm not in any other agency agreements. And if that new agent went over the paperwork with you, like they should have, you would have read that. I'm like, oh, wait, I am. (laughs) I'm still dating somebody else from... 
And then they would say, oh, okay, well, that's no problem. Get them to sign this. It's really simple. And you can terminate it unilaterally, which is just a fancy law word. That means, you know, they don't have to agree to let you go. You just have to formally give them the paper that says I'm leaving. So So that makes it easier because you can just email them. Right. Say, I'm breaking up with you. We're terminating your contract and then then ghost them. Yeah. And they'll probably have something to send you. And again, I'm speaking South Carolina contracts. I'm sure it, it differs state to state, but... Either way, it's it should never be that you're being held hostage by your agent. Right. I can't say I mean, never because crazy things happen, but that would be odd. <laughs> I was going to say, you've become such good friends with some of your clients that you even married one of the couples your husband did. Right? Yes, that's probably my favorite story. I know, I love <laughs> of, that story. Befriending people, they she moved here and then her fiance followed when he got a job and well, they were just dating at the time. And then they got engaged and they wanted to get married pretty quickly. And their family was going to come from Colorado in the spring, but not quite yet. So she just called me. She's like, I know your husband's a pastor. Could he do like just a kind of really quick informal ceremony for us so we could get legally married? And then we'll have a big wedding later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was so cute. I thought it was so fun <laughs> that she asked that. So we hung some string lights in our backyard and just did a cute little thing with, it was them two, me, my husband, and our two daughters. And it was really, really sweet. Their family kind of FaceTimed in and I held the phone, but that's, that's just, it's so cool. It's such a cool job that I have to get to be that person. Like I was the only person she knew in town and I just happened to be married to a pastor and she had a need to get married. So (laughs) I mean, it all kind of worked. It's like divine intervention. Yeah. It's so fun. I mean, that's just one example of the cool things about my job, getting to meet people and, and bring them into the community here. It's so cool. I love that. Well, thank you so much for jumping on and, and talking with the audience and me. Yeah, thank and, you. Um, I can't wait to come down to Aiken. We're going to have to plan that, not on a master's weekend, because I imagine yes. it's going to be crazy and very crazy. expensive. Mm-hmm. But I definitely want to come down there and check it out live and in person. And we'll, we'll make plans to do that soon. So That sounds really fun. I look forward to it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Laura. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Mariette. Well, I could go on forever and ever about moving you closer to your dreams, but... I probably should save some thoughts for the next episode. A big thanks goes out to you for making time for me today. In making time for me, you are making time for future you, and we are both grateful. Get on my Monday mailer by registering on my website at marriottsonthemove.com, where you can find my blog, all my faves, which if you didn't know by buying yourself something real nice, you are actually supporting the show. It's the gift that keeps on giving, Clark. Be sure to sign up for my mailing list where I put a few nuggets each week that you can't get on the podcast. Thank you to the team at Bear Value for editing genius. Thank you to my brother and my therapist who keep me balanced. And thank you to my assistant Jacinta, whose Canva prowess makes me look like I know what I'm doing. And to Nick, my favorite boyfriend ever. Oh, my love. Until next time, keep moving forward towards your dreams. Bye for now. Marriott's on the move. Marriott's on the move. Marriott's on the, Marriott's on the, Marriott's on the move.